Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Stylish Bride, the podcast dedicated to making sure you are dressed, styled, and down the aisle. And today, I'm really excited to be here speaking with my friend, Jove Meyer, who is the creative director, founder, really guru extraordinaire of Jove Meyer Events. Thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And the reason that I wanted to have Jove on today, and I'm so glad that we can talk, is because your event company is really very different than anything else that we have out there, as far as I can tell. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your perspective for the listeners and what you do and how you describe your service? Sure. Well, thank you. Different is such a compliment to me. So thank you for that. It's funny, when I first started my company many years ago, I wanted to be like everybody else. I was young, I was in college, and what I was seeing was this luxury, high-end, beautiful, classic wedding. And so that's what I thought I wanted to do, because it's all that I had seen. And so I aspired for that, and I worked really hard for that. And then I landed a wedding in that arena And it felt so uncomfortable for me because it wasn't beautiful in my eye. It wasn't the taste that I like. It wasn't anything that was authentic to me. And I found myself sort of in a compromised position because the client was like, aren't these purple orchids and hanging crystals and pink uplighting? Like, isn't this all beautiful? And it's their wedding day. So of course my answer is yes, it's gorgeous. But I was struggling because I didn't actually find it to be beautiful from my own point of view of design or aesthetic or that world. So I actually kind of stumbled into my own Brooklyn, quote unquote, you know, aesthetic on accident. I was going to a client meeting in Brooklyn at the Green Building and I missed a train. So I was going to be late. And as a planner, you can't be late. You can be many things that you cannot be late to your meeting. So I hopped on my bike. I was in shorts, a t-shirt, I had my tattoos. I had a beard opposite of when I was pursuing these uppity Manhattan weddings where I was in a suit and tie with no facial hair and, you know, trying to be, hi, my name is Joe, like trying to be something I wasn't to attract that kind of client. Here I am being myself, riding my bike, to this Brooklyn venue and a light bulb went off when the couple was sort of fully excited for me when I showed up, not this other version of what I thought I had to be, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. And it sort of changed the game for me because they respected my ideas and they were like, everyone has done the same thing in this venue. We want to do something different. And they gave me the space and time to come up with something different that had never been done before. And they loved it. And that gave me energy and passion. And I realized there's a market out there for couples who want to do something different, something refreshing, something not hyper classic or traditional. And I've been happy to sort of pioneer and push that forward. And I'm super grateful that people like it and keep hiring me to do it. You know, I think that's amazing and inspirational on so many levels. And one thing that I was thinking when you were talking about it is that I think that those moments in life happen all the time. And what you did was recognize it and stop and take a moment and say, actually, this is what makes me happy. And this is what feels good. And I think that, you know, in this industry, that's luxury and highly competitive. It's scary in some ways to do that. And you took the brave route. Being authentic is hard, right? We're all at the mercy of others now with social media and we want to be liked and we want to be loved and we want to be talked about in a positive way. 
you know, we want to be liked. I mean, at the core of who we are as humans. And so to go against the grain is sometimes uncomfortable. And to take the risk of being authentically you is scary because people may not respond the way you would like them to. And so I agree. I think it is a hard thing. But for me, it's been the key to success of my business is always showing up 100% for myself and for my clients as Jove Meyer, not as anybody else. I have tattoos. I have a beard. I have an interesting point of view from a style perspective. I don't look like a traditional wedding planner. I don't act like a traditional wedding planner. And that's who I am. And it's now a point of pride, right? It's something I don't hide anymore. It's something I promote. But initially it was something I hid because I thought I had to be a certain way or act a certain way or look a certain way to exist and or succeed in this world. But my track record has shown the actual opposite. That's amazing. You know, it's so refreshing to hear that. And I think that the hardest part is actually trying to figure out what that is in yourself, because totally. when you, you know, take off the lens of having to fit in and be what everyone else thinks you should be or what you put out there in social media or whatever it is, it can be scary and intimidating and like, oh, my Absolutely. God, what is it? You know, yeah, it can be very scary because it's comfortable to sort of be liked by everyone or to do what everyone else sort of has already approved or the model that you've seen that's worked for other people. But to me, it's the most fulfilling to be myself. And every time a client comes out to hire me, it's sort of validation that I'm doing something right. And that in living in my authentic self and my style and my design and in my ways authentically with passion and kindness, of course, it's validated every time a couple hires me or every time a client hires me, it's like you're doing something right. And that gives you the fuel to keep being true to yourself and to keep pushing the boundaries of design and of saying like, well, do we really need to do this at a wedding? <laughs> do we really have to do it that way? Could we try to do something this way? And it's been really fun and exciting to watch myself grow into myself and evolve over the years, you know, from sort of a more timid, scared wannabe to who I am today, which I'm sure will continue to evolve as I grow older. Now, do you think that that point of view and your perspective has led you to more unique couples? I think, you know, when we were chatting before the interview, we talked about inclusionary. That's sort of being inclusive and having all types of people represented. Do you think that they've been drawn to you because of that? I think so. I think for a long time, there's been one image of a wedding, right, of a beautiful wedding. And it's a skinny white couple that's very wealthy at a high-end establishment with really over-the-top opulence, everything. And that's sort of been the standard of wedding for a lot of people for much of their life, whether it's in movies, magazines, blogs, now on Instagram. And that's sort of something that people have seen as a goal. Like, I'm striving for that. But that's a, one portion of the population. And if they want that, they should have that. But I think there's a whole other segment of the market that has been ignored. And that segment of the market is someone that wants to do something a little different, someone that wants to play with color or texture or you know, turn a wedding on its head. And those couples may be skinny white people, but they may be curvy people. They may be gay people. They may be 
people of different colors and ethnicities. And I think celebrating everyone for who they are and planning and designing a celebration that reflects them, not someone else, or these ideas of the past is what has been so fun for me. And being able to put that energy out there and show that body of work is what's giving people the name and the recognition to attract more of that back to myself. To me, it doesn't matter what color my couple is, what size they are, what gender, what race, what sexuality, like none of that matters. All right. If they're fun to work with and they want to have the best wedding ever and the most fun, that's my bottom line in terms of a client. And so I think we have to really begin as leaders in the industry to push that forward, to encourage media to put all kinds of couples in their magazines, on their covers and in their social media. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. And I think that we're starting to see it a little bit more in fashion, but not really in weddings when, you know, the outlets you were talking about earlier, you know, it is very one dimensional in a lot of ways. And I love that you're giving people visuals to aspire to that are unique and of all different sorts. And, you know, if you just look at the photos on your website, you really have a little of everything represented, but in a very joyful way. All of your couples look like they're incredibly happy. I mean, that's the goal. At the end of the day, it's all about happiness and love. And I say that all the time to all of my couples. I'm like, at any point, if you're not happy or something isn't sparking joy, I'm going to steal from Marie Kondo. I love her. I know. Me too. (laughs) Everything in your wedding should spark joy. Like it should make you happy. Like everything we're doing is so custom. If you don't light up when I present something to you, let's move on to something else. I want you to love it. I want it to feel representative of you. I want to do nothing for the sake of doing it. And I think that's really my biggest game changer is sometimes people are like, oh, you're getting married. You need to do this, this, this. It has to look like this, this, this. And you have to use this, this, and this vendor. And at that place only, because that's how we do it. And for me, the joy is like, okay, cool. This is who you are. We meet, we talk over drinks. I get to know who they are in their element. And then I pitch the craziest ideas and I see what sticks. And if it doesn't stick, we pivot, you know, until something feels right to them and feels like it's so authentic to their love story. And that's the point for me. It's really all about joy. It's all about happiness. And there's nothing I want more than for them to be ecstatic, to be marrying the love of their life and to be having such a fun party with all their friends and family. It's true. And, you know, it's interesting when you were talking, it reminded me very much of how I come at it from when I style brides, because I think that at the end of the day, it's really the feeling that they have and what makes them feel great is different than what's going to make anybody else out there feel great. And taking it from that lens and identifying that and helping them identify that for themselves is, I think, one of the most powerful things you can do. And it's not always easy because couples have the unfortunate or fortunate, they have ears, right? And they have eyes. So they're hearing from everyone in their friend and family and sometimes their work group of what they should do, how they should have a wedding. They're being inundated and solicited with other people's ideas and concepts of a wedding. So sometimes it's hard to get through to them and what they really want and what makes them happy, what really reflects 
their style and personality. So that's why my first date, I don't call it a meeting. It's a first date with my couples is just the couple because I don't want the outside noise of parents or the influence of friends or coworkers. And they're all well-meaning always, but I think it can cloud the waters and you start to be like, oh my goodness, but other people have done this or I've seen this and you see it and you like it. So you want it. But to encourage someone to be a pioneer and do something they haven't seen, it's a big risk and it's a little bit scary. So I have to really remind them this will all be worth it if you just trust in the process and trust in the team. It's a great point. I mean, and even, you know, this is a podcast about style and fashion and beauty for weddings, obviously. And, you know, my whole mission is to empower women to be able to take that and do it themselves and to feel amazing. And time and time and time again, we see white wedding dresses. And it's interesting because, you know, even can you get out of that mindset in your head? And do you want to? Or is it your moment to do it? And you're never really going to wear a long white dress again. Totally. And it's such a funny thing, because the tradition, like white is virginal, right? Like the purpose of it and the history of it is one thing. But you know, nine times out of 10, our couples are not actually at that point in their life. They've lived with their fiance. They're a modern couple. The wedding night is not the first night for them. So what? They're not all virgins? What? I mean, not my clients, not to out anybody, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, maybe some people out there who are listening are, and that's beautiful if that's your decision. But what I would say is it's one of the last holdouts, I think, is the white dress is what you've grown up seeing in movies and in fairy tales. And in it's sort of like, I will have a white dress and I will walk down an aisle. Like it's sort of the one thing, I, even with my couples who are wanting to push the envelope or do something different, sometimes it is the hardest part. But the dresses they do respond most to on my website or on my Instagram are my brides who went with color or pattern or texture. They're always like, that's so beautiful. And I'm always like, you could do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And they're like, well, maybe, maybe not. And then they're like, oh, but for someone else, it's cool, but not for me. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well then let's do white or gold or ivory or a pattern. You know, it's interesting because I see the tide moving to wanting something other than white. But then there's this instinct that pulls back, right? Like I have to wear white. It has to be long. It has to be pretty. Like has to be romantic. Like it's this funny battle that I'm seeing with our couples in terms of that. Or even it has to be a dress. Whereas we had two beautiful brides that didn't wear dresses, right? They wore like a beautiful pantsuit or a short dress or a skirt. Like, you know, what I always tell couples is what, like the outfit that you pick, like Wearing a white dress doesn't guarantee a successful marriage, right? What you wear on your wedding day doesn't mean by any way, shape, or form that you will be happy down the road in your marriage, right? What matters is that it represents you, you feel great in it, and you can dance in it. Like those are my three top things that I say because it's true. There's no correlation between what you wear, you know, wearing white and having a successful married life. No, zero. Right. So go crazy. Have fun. You can wear white, you know, in the summer in the Hamptons or on the beach in California. Yeah. And when you're advising same sex couples, you know, I know you've done lots of women and men. How do you talk to them about helping them get started on the fashion parts of it? I mean, you know, 
Because I think women, if you're, they can both wear wedding dresses. One can wear a suit, one can wear a wedding dress. Like, how do you work through that part? Because there really isn't a model. There isn't history on which to fall back on. I think with same-sex couples, I have to take the lead from their relationship. I can't make any assumptions because every same-sex couple is different. I think particularly for women, it also ultimately comes down to their family support. So unlike a straight couple where there's typically no problems, a man is marrying a woman, everyone is happy, right? But when you have same-sex couples, there is often family feelings or drama around that from someone in the family. Not always. Sometimes same-sex couples are fortunate to have their parents involved and supportive and loving, but more often that's not the case. And so we've had many examples. We had two brides. When I hung out with them, when I met them, when we had our first date, when we had follow-up meetings, they're super casual. They're not leaning into feminine style at all. They lean more into masculine style and they like pants and they like suits and they don't like dresses and they don't like heels and they don't dress up ever. But somehow for their wedding, they both wore classic, beautiful white wedding dresses. And it was interesting because I pushed them and I said, why are we doing this? Who is this for? And ultimately, in the months of getting to know them, it's for a family member who ultimately didn't support the union because it was same sex. So they did it to make other people feel as comfortable as possible. Anything to take the focus off the controversy. Of course, it's not controversial, but you know what I mean? Like anything to make everyone else happy so they could marry the love of their life. And do you think that that in turn made them more happy? You know, I don't know. I think it's a hit or miss situation. I think if it didn't really matter to them, if it's like one small thing that I could do to make someone else more comfortable, but I can still marry the love of my life, I'll do it. To me, it's really sad because you're not being true to who you are and there's nothing wrong with their love. Their love is beautiful and they chose each other and they're being married to one another in a loving, happy relationship. So the fact that gay people have to think more about every detail of their wedding to please straight people to get their approval is unfair to me. It's not really right, right? Whereas I had another couple, two women, who paid for the wedding themselves, and they were a little bit older. And so they wore whatever they wanted, and they wore teal and blue. They didn't wear any white. And they wore you know, a jumper and a suit. And to me, that's who they were. And the fact that they showed up as themselves on the wedding day was so exciting. Whereas these other brides, they showed up as themselves, but hiding part of who they really were through their wardrobe. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, in some ways it's like whatever you feel is going to help you get through that day, you know, and it's unfortunate that they have to look at it like that. But, you know, if that armor in some way helped them feel comfortable and happy and under less scrutiny, then so be it. But I agree with you that it is a little bit sad. When you have two men, how much do you think, and I can tell you what I've done in the past, I always say coordinate, but don't match. Do you feel the same way? 
You know, I don't feel strongly because every same-sex couple with two men that I've worked on is so different. Some people marry themselves. Some people marry their polar opposite. And so I like to reflect that in fashion. So if there are two men who spend every day together, they do everything together, they are the same people, I'm like, listen, if you want to wear the same, if you want to match on your wedding day because you match every day in your real life, then you should do that. But let's find a way to make it personal, whether it's the bow tie or tie or the shoes or the lining of the jacket if they're wearing one. But I really take the lead from them because not everybody is the same. And I also want to know, are you interested in surprising one another or are you more interested in coordinating and doing this together? That's really the starting point, right? Like, are you going shopping together or separately? And that's where I take the lead from them. And then really quickly, right away, they know, oh, no, we're involved in each other's fashion or I want to be surprised. And then if they want to be surprised, I have to really have two separate conversations to make sure their surprise looks nice together and isn't, you know, two completely different styles. Right, right, right. And are you seeing these couples in general, are you seeing them have wedding parties or are they kind of ditching the wedding party? It's a mixed bag, but I'm finding it not as common, not nearly the same as sort of straight couples who are having either really large wedding parties or none is what I'm finding at the moment. And for my same sex couples, I'm not seeing a lot of wedding parties. I'm seeing, if anything, one best friend on each side, but it's not like 12 and 12 or seven and seven. It's pretty opposite, actually. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you're right. I have several couples right now that don't have a wedding party at all. They'll have one sister brother. And then I have the people with 10, 12, 15. So it really does depend. I think we're seeing a trend in the industry in general. But I would imagine that if you had a same sex couple that was having so much difficulty with their own, you know, figuring out what they should wear, and it's complicated, outfitting a wedding party would just be the last thing you would want to do. Absolutely. And I always tell everyone, you know, having a wedding party sounds really lovely, but it's a lot of work. And unfortunately, human beings are inherently selfish. And somehow on your wedding day, they're going to make it about them. They don't even mean to, but they're going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. They're going to need a steamer. They're going to need all these things. And instead of being focused on yourself, you are going to be focused on them. And so I always try to make it, you know, super simple. Like if you need one person, cool, but maybe have a squad, maybe just have a friend group. Like you don't have to have a wedding party. You don't have to put yourself through that strain if you don't want to. I mean, if you do totally, you do you always, but don't feel pressured to do it because other people are doing it because it is more work at the end of the day. And it is more people to be responsible for. You've invited them to be in your wedding party. You are their host. They will have needs and you will not necessarily be at the front of that, you know? Oh, I know. When we're there on the wedding day, sometimes brides will say to me in advance, you know, oh, we don't need help for the wedding party. You know, we have 15 of them, but they're fine. I'm like, actually, they're not. And <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, most often more than the bride. Yeah. And they don't even realize they're doing it. That's the thing. And there's no bad intention. There's no sort of like ill will, but they can't help it. They see people around them. It's the wedding day. They're stressed out. They make it all about them. And they're like, help me. I need you do this for me. Like they 
something takes over them and it's like, you know, it's not about you. Maybe take a step back and realize that. But often we can't have that conversation. I mean, if something needs to get done, you're doing it. I'm doing it. We're doing it, you know? Absolutely. And hopefully they won't know about it, but you know, (laughs) that's a whole different episode. So I think that, you know, really what this all boils down to from what I'm hearing from you is celebrating the love of the couple, which is what it should always be about. And I would say every planner out there would say the same thing, but really finding what makes each couple unique, whether it's the fashion or the details of the event or all of it and celebrating that. And I think that, you know, the fact that you're giving people something else, a different perspective and something new and fresh and different to look at, I think is a really wonderful gift that you're giving to our industry. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I want people to be happy and I don't want them to feel stuck in a mold that doesn't speak to them, their style, their personality, their aesthetic. And I feel really lucky that there is a part of this industry that wants something different, that doesn't lean into classic or traditional, that they want something fresh, they want something modern, they want something bright or colorful or textural. And I love it. It is so much fun to push the boundaries of design and functionality and what a wedding can be. If you really strip away everything, I tell clients always, everything is flexible as long as you give people food and alcohol. Right. So like, that's our starting point. I'm like, as long as there's food and drink, we're good to go. Otherwise, like everything is up for negotiation and everything is up for discussion and we don't have to have white and we don't have to lean into tradition. Like, let's go crazy. Let's do something totally different and fun and fresh and push the boundaries if you're into that. Or let's do a tonal wedding where everything is one color but different tones if you're into that, you know, like I'll push them as far as they let me. And oftentimes it's also about pushing the mother. If the mother's involved, she also has an idea of what a wedding should be based on her own wedding. If she's married, based on her friends, what their opinion will be if they're used to going to country club weddings and now they're in some warehouse in Brooklyn, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, So it's interesting. The dynamics around change are also very interesting. Oh, it's true. I think that everyone who works in this industry should have a license as a shrink in some way, (laughs) some sort of degree in psychology or psychiatry because... A hundred percent. Yeah. It's really what it all comes down to. I mean, every decision comes at the thought process of other people's opinions and then your own opinion and mixing everything together. So... Yes, we all are a little bit shrink, a little bit psychologist, a little bit designer, a little bit planner, a little bit therapist, right? Like, yeah, a little bit best friend. And yeah, (laughs) we wear many, many hats. It's totally true. It's true. Well, thank you so much, Joe. It's been awesome talking to you and hearing all about this really amazing business that you've started and all of the incredible things that you're doing in our industry. And thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for thinking of me and thank you for having me on and, and sharing my voice with your crowd. And it's been really fun. Well, thank you. So thanks everyone for listening and tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of this as I certainly did. And if we have not answered some questions that you have, or if you have anything that you're thinking about, please reach out. You can find me on Instagram at the stylish bride, and you can find Jove on Instagram at Jove Meyer. And we would love to hear from you. So 
please do. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from so you don't miss a tip on how to be dressed, styled, and down the aisle. Bye for now.